Hi friend, welcome to the Quiet Connections podcast. Do you feel anxious and not good enough in social situations? Feel like you're weird, broken or don't fit in? You are not alone. Join Hayley and Stacey on a journey to quiet confidence. Picking up key insights to help you feel more calm and confident. So you can finally speak up, join in and feel like you belong too. Hello and welcome to the Quiet Connections podcast. My name's Hayley and today Stacey and I will be joined by Sally Jones from the School for Social Entrepreneurs in Cornwall. We'll be exploring how you can bring an idea to life even though you might feel anxious and self-doubting about it. We are in for a really great heartfelt conversation today so please settle in and enjoy. Welcome Sally, it's so so lovely to have you join us here today. I wonder if you could begin by just sharing a little bit about who you are and what you do at the School for Social Entrepreneurs, please. Yeah, so I'm the learning manager um, at the School for Social Entrepreneurs in Cornwall, uh, which sounds very grand, doesn't it? (laughs) (laughs) I help run programs, which are short programs and long ones as well, uh, working with people who have an idea they think they'd like to explore without any pressure to to make that into anything particular um, and yeah I, I love chatting with people about what they what they want to get out of things for themselves it's all about them really yeah yeah Hayley would you like to share a little bit about how Quiet Connections came to life okay so Quiet Connections has come to life because I grew up really, really, really shy, um, socially anxious, and I was avoiding all of the good things in life. I was afraid to make a mistake, and I just didn't put myself out there, and I missed out on so much. Um, And I didn't know what was wrong with me. I thought that, you know, I was different, I was broken, and I didn't realise that these anxieties that I felt, this self-doubt that I felt, was actually pretty common and quite a normal thing, to be honest. So... I realised what an impact it had on my life. And as I started talking about it, I noticed that there were so many other people who felt this way too. And I saw that there was this big gap that no one was really talking about this anxiety that we feel in social situations. I had this little acorn of an idea because it had taken me maybe 10 years for me to get to a stage where I felt like I could really show up and be seen. And I'd learned so much and I had this little, little little idea for Quiet Connections, and I was like, well, someone needs to do something. Someone needs to bring this support and start this, these conversations. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that person is not me. <laughs> so um, it took me quite a while to even begin to start exploring the idea for Quiet Connections and to get to a place where I thought, well, maybe it could be me, because no one else is doing it. So if I don't do it, who else is going to? Um, and... I'll share some of the insights that I learned that really helped me with that. Um, but basically, I've gone from a place of avoiding all kind of public attention, public speaking, um, just shying away in the background, really, to being in this position where we are now presenting to hundreds of people at a time and really putting ourselves out there and really being vulnerable and sharing our own personal stories, too. 
Um, Hayley and I met on the SSE program with Sally. Uh, Sally was one of our um, facilitators on, on the startup course, and this was in 2016, wasn't it? So um, me and Hayley, we, we work at, at Quiet Connections. Hayley is the founder. We're both directors and both coaches now. And um, yeah, my, my story is, is slightly different in respects to I when I joined um, SSE, I came in with a different idea and I started to set up um, a business uh, with that, that original idea and came in and explored what that could possibly be. And then I let it go. So my story is really kind of grounded in exploration, permission to, to have a go and explore because um, you really do never know where your ideas might take you. Um, but also really in trusting your own instincts and following what feels right for you. And if something doesn't feel like it's going in the right direction, or perhaps you realize that you want to change direction, pivot, or anything like that, that that's perfectly okay as well. So one thing that we really love about SSE is that the team all all really get it. They all have their own experiences of setting up a business, of feeling the same kind of anxieties and self-doubt that we have experienced as well. So Sally, do you want to share a little bit about your own personal journey in setting up a, a business and exploring an idea? Yeah, thanks, Hayley. It's, it's quite an interesting thing that uh, you've both said around how important it is that you listen to your gut instinct mm. and you go if something doesn't feel quite right or if something's missing. Um, so I was, yeah, I was working for SSE Cornwall and uh, feeling uh, like I was making it up as I went along. <laughs> and you know, so there I was trying to bring uh, like speakers, experts in to talk on one of these programs and um, not really knowing anybody. What, how good they were, what they were going to be like, what people wanted, all these amazing social entrepreneurs turning up and, and then me having to stand up in front and, and welcome people and introduce the specialists. And, and I must have looked like a rabbit in the headlights. Mm. You know, for, I mean, I've been there now for seven years, but I would seriously say for the first five years, I was running to catch up. And funnily enough, um, actually, I would say in lockdown, where I've been able to do stuff from my desk in my kitchen has been, oh, so calming for me. I know it's been a terrible time for so many people and um, we've all had awful things happen. Um, but in terms of a sense of calm, I've been able to sort of gather what I think I know and talk to people and tell them how I've been feeling over the last five years, uh, six years. And, and, um, that sort of working with what I do know and then sharing my own story about uh, running my own business. So when I'm not doing an SSE programme, I'm a forest school leader and I only have become a forest school leader because when I was in SSE, when a, an old dear old friend of mine had come on a programme and she said, oh, I'm doing this really cool stuff now in Woodlands. Do you want to come along? Mm. And I turned up and they were like, oh, 35, 40 people there all of them way younger than me. And they're all doing sort of environmental stuff at university. And, and there I was sort of sitting there going, oh, you know, I like walking around Woodlands with my little boy who was seven at the time. This was back in 2014. 
But what we were asked to do was to just sort of wander around and pick stuff up off, off the ground and explore nature. And it was a, you know, it does help if it's a lovely sunny day, of course, and it was. But then we were asked to do something a bit different, which was to light a little fire. And I'd never, you know, as a child, I was the youngest of five. I was never given the chance to, to do the thing in the household. You know, I was never got to use the drill or light the fire or, you know, whatever it is that was being done. And here I was just allowed to do it on my own quietly in the corner of the woodland and not told how to do it properly, just allowed to play, to work it out. And, and I got it lit. I that incredible sense of achievement that I felt at the age of, I was about 44 at the time. And uh, I just thought, oh, goodness, <laughs> this is amazing. Why have I done this earlier? And so um, I could then decide whether I wanted to train. And I thought, well, I'm too old to I'm too old to train to do something else. But then my friend who was running the course, she was 55 then, and she, you know, only trained a couple of years earlier. So I thought, well, I'll give it a go. And here I am, sort of, you know, um, 2020, and I'm actually running my own forest school. And I, I think partly it's been a really, it's been a series of knocks along the way. I have to say, it's not as... Um, it's not an easy journey. Uh, you know, I have met people who've been less than supportive. Um, I've wanted to give up because I thought it was too hard, a struggle each time turning up, especially when it's you know, lashing with rain, it's cold, I'm lugging loads of kit in, I've got children who are getting cold, freezing, I've got a life for you know, really just, you know, proper stuff. But what I would say is that in the moment, when you're in the moment, especially with children who don't come with baggage. You know, they, they are themselves in front of you and they're really present. I get so much from that. Um, a friend of mine on, on social media posted about one of those you know, quote things yesterday, which is about success. And I just thought that was so timely um, because she said, success is gaining the affection of a child. Uh, you know, it's so many things, it's so many little things in a day. And I get that every Saturday when I run a session, and I, I don't run it alone, I have a, a really excellent friend um, who runs it with me, who's a teacher, an outdoor educator. And But when that child comes up to show me something in their hand they found, it's, it's just, I just want that moment to last. It's that moment of happiness, that transient moment of happiness where... I feel like I, I feel I'm home, and yeah. and that's what I count. That's those are the things I count as being. Uh, the, I'm the right person in that moment for that child, and the right person in the right place for me. And yeah, that's how I feel. But it, it you know, it's it's not easy, and I've had so many moments of doubt. Yeah, I, I love so much of what you said there, Sally, because what I heard there was that you know you've experienced a lot of anxieties there that there was quite a few um thoughts and, and doubts that came up mm -hmm. around you know you being too old or feeling like um you know that you, you couldn't do it um but actually it's, it's that feeling of like doing something that brings you so much joy and that brings so much fulfillment that actually mm -hmm. like being in touch with with those feelings and what it is that is important to you and what you value can like is really really helpful in helping us summon up that courage to actually overcome some of those 
anxieties. And I, I do feel like when it comes to, to exploring an idea or setting up a business or a community project, that that's one of the key that we need to keep bringing ourselves back to is why um like why do I want to do this what is so important about this project or this business or this idea that it's just pulling me towards that no matter how much I I know how, how many doubts or anything that I have I just keep coming back to this because I think we all have this idea in our heads of what a successful person looks like or um yeah of like our idea of like what a business person is or someone who runs like a or starts something new um I know for me it was very much someone who was just very confident um or at least what I perceived to be confident and um yeah someone who just never ever experienced any feelings of of anxiety and for me, you know, that was almost like the opposite of how I saw myself. I was someone who was like, I feel so very anxious. And um, especially like when I started SSE, I remember feeling terrified of coming onto that program. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I know you did as well, Hayley, didn't you? Absolutely, yeah. Um, and I really, I think the the gap between who we think we need to be to be successful and who we think we are right now is where we can get really fearful and hold ourselves back because we think well I can't get to be that person and for me I used to feel like I had to be this very confident outgoing um, chatty connected more extroverted person than I was and like you Stacey I thought that I was looking around all these people who I perceived to be successful and I saw them as being confident and I thought they've never experienced anxiety and self-doubt like I have and (laughs) and um, and and even with you Sally when we were on the course like you Mm -hmm. you come across very confident you wouldn't know how you're feeling underneath that and um, for Sally Hurd as well who she's like she heads up the school for social entrepreneurs in Cornwall and um she's amazing you just wouldn't realize that underneath that you both feel the same kind of anxieties and self-doubts as we experience too and the real difference is not that you don't feel anxious and you don't feel self-doubting it's just that you don't let it stop you I think that's so true I mean every time I'm getting close to a Saturday where I'm gonna run a session I I get nervous. I'm running a session tomorrow and I know that the other person um, I run it with is, is all over it because she's doing this daily. It, it, well, she probably isn't, of course. If I was to ask her, <laughs> maybe I should ask her. Um, because I get really nervous, really nervous before all the children turn up. And I, it's a bit like um, stepping out on stage, isn't it? And and yet, of course, each child arrives and they're nervous. And so I need to put my big pants on for them and welcome them. And be. I, I wonder if one of the secrets that I've found is to just focus on the person in front of me mm. and make that personal connection. And so when I was uh, that, that uh, sort of early days of SSE and being the learning facilitator, welcoming these big, bored social entrepreneurs, when they, well, I had to stand at the sign-in desk you know, when these people are coming at you and, oh, and um, I had lost my name. But after about the third time of meeting them, I would know their name and and it was, and they would look for me. And so 
but they didn't want to talk about business. They just wanted to find out, you know, how was I, you know, what I'd done at the weekend. It became an individual personal conversation. And so those people that made that effort with me, because they, I clearly looked terrified, uh, made it easier for me. And I think if I can do that for the children, that's the secret, one of my secrets anyway to getting through it. Yeah, I, I really like that that idea of focusing on, you know, just making that connection with just one person. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually something that, that I, I try and do as well to help manage um, and any nerves that I'm feeling, especially when doing something like this or uh, community groups or something. It's just to, to think about, OK, it's just one person. It doesn't have to be loads of people. Um, but also, Sally, like what you just said there reminded me of. Um, so like w- one of the things that I used to that I used to think was that when it came to like the world of business, that everybody else who was involved weren't human. But <laughs> they were like <laughs> some kind of like different breed of, of person. And that um, and I think it's, just, it's just such a, a weird uh but it's also very common as well for us that anyone who is involved in in other businesses or who run projects or have like high um positions in in organizations or something that it's not okay to reach out to them or to connect with them and that was quite a barrier for me and thinking that you know I, I suppose it's it's seeing people as being above who you are and um, once I realised that people are all just people and that we do all feel this way and, you know, we all have our insecurities and things that we feel nervous about and anxious about, then that can be a really nice way of starting to recognise actually we can all connect with with one another. Absolutely. I love that, that people to people, you are all on the same level, whether you are talking to someone who has a, a you know managerial position or, or or someone who is unemployed you are all exactly at the same level of status and it's just remembering that and remembering that those feelings of anxiety and feelings of self-doubt they're not unique to you those are human emotions if you are talking to a human being you are talking to someone who knows what that feels like and I think when I was on the the school for social entrepreneurs startup course um well I'll tell you about how how we got on the course because actually the startup course was a very difficult um application process it was very long we had um group interviews like to a dragon's den style panel (laughs) that was scary (laughs) yeah I I had an individual interview with Sally Hurd who runs the Cornwall School for Social Entrepreneurs and um yeah it was all very scary and the whole way through I was just like not focusing on the outcome and just I just need to get through the next step and just show up and do my best Mm -hmm. and um, I got this call from Sally Heard to say that I had got through and I was like that's amazing and I was jumping around the house which is really out of character for me by the way (laughs) and then suddenly I had this like oh I'm going to be like Sally Hurd's biggest mistake ever. She's going to really regret taking me on. I'm going to really let her down. And I just all this self-doubt just weighed down. Mm-hmm. Gremlins were on my shoulder telling me I'm not the right person and I'm in the wrong place. And then when I was actually on the course, I was looking around at Stacey and all these other wonderful people who had ideas that they were bringing to life alongside me. And I was thinking, well, they are so much more confident, so much more capable, so so much further ahead than me Mm. and just 
I felt so much comparison um, looking at these these people around me and just felt like I was going to get found out for being in the wrong place and somehow I tricked myself it, into this space on the course. And um, of course that wasn't true. And when I actually started talking about how I felt with Stacey and some of the other people on the, the course, some of them were even like, oh, I've been feeling the same way and I've been feeling like that about you. Like you're doing so much better than me. And it was just such a relief to realise that the majority of us were feeling this way too. We were kind of going through the same like imposterism, I suppose. Like I feel like I'm not supposed to be here and like I can't do this. And um, what we realised is that we tend to compare ourselves. So imagine you've got like a pack of cards and you can see the face of every single card that you are holding and the people opposite, you can't see those. And you can see on those cards, you've got your personal history, you've got your insecurities, everything that you think, everything that you feel, everything that you believe about yourself. And you can see every single one of those cards. And someone else is going to show you just a couple of the cards that they want you to see. And they are going to show you the cards that are the best cards that they are holding in their pack. And you're not going to see that they've got very similar cards. Actually, they they don't really like themselves as well. So we're comparing like the whole of our story to a very tiny piece of somebody else's story. And it's really important to remember that if they are human, <laughs> they are, <laughs> they are <laughs> the same kind of thing. <laughs> And, um, you know, it's a really common experience and you just need to scratch the surface to get to those similar vulnerabilities and insecurities that we all feel. Gosh, that is so true. I, I, and I love the analogy of the pack of cards. I think that's fascinating. What we choose to show people and choose to keep. And um, I mean, I, now, a bit having sort of gone through the, the forest school training and, and meeting loads of teachers, people who have, spent time with children know about you know all these things they had to and and I, I remember sitting there thinking I know nothing I don't even I part of my own child I don't even know I don't understand what are these children things you know I, I felt such a fraud and I for the, for the first three years of, of actually operating as a fraud, I just every time I felt I was saying something that was not acceptable in the teacher world and, and and yet, when I then spoke to the teachers about um, how they cope in classrooms, they were like, "Oh, it's so hard. I'm always, I always feel like I'm, I'm making a mistake." But of course, they had to present themselves as being every day on a daily basis of holding it together. And I think it was only when I asked them about their insecurities around in that being in that situation, it gets that scratching that surface. I don't think I've met anybody through. Um, or any of the SSE programmes where that hasn't been the case, where I've just asked them a little bit more and they've shown a vulnerability. But, you know, and I remember, I don't know if this came up for you guys when you were applying to um, the startup programme, but one of the things that, that comes up when people apply is that they show their shiniest side, really shiny. And I, I remember reading through some of the application forms and we look at ourselves in the office and we go, why do they want to come on the course? <laughs> These guys have got it all together. They don't. They need us. And in some of the interviews, I know that some of my colleagues have said, why, why do you want to come on this course? Because actually, we think you know everything you need to know. So 
unless you're going to show all your, your some of your gaps, be prepared to just go, actually, I really don't know about that. Because we can't teach, you know, can't share anything. <laughs> yeah. it, all the boxes are full. So I think there's a lot to be said about that, you know, about going, actually, I know nothing about business planning. I know nothing about finance. I know nothing about uh, making a difference. You know, what, is, what is this thing about making a difference? What does that mean? Uh, you know, because otherwise, how do we find our way in to how to help? I completely agree, Sally. Like we, we quite often um, feel like we need to to show up and and feel as though we already have it all figured mm. out. And for a lot of us, like that's that's a lot of pressure that that we place on ourselves. And um, you know, giving ourselves that permission to know that we don't have to have it all figured out. We don't have to know all the answers. Um, that it's okay to learn as we go and mm. and to make mistakes is is something that is is really important to learn but it's also recognizing that that's something that a lot of us need to practice and to you know give ourselves that permission as well first because a lot of us have um beliefs and stuff in like that we've grown up with that kind of say otherwise to us um so when I joined SSE um I felt as though I was really, really out of place because, you know, I came in with nothing more than an idea. Um, you know, it wasn't a business. I had no idea how to run a business, how to start a business. Um, and I felt as though most people around were way further ahead. <laughs> and even now, actually, because, you know, my, my background is in fashion like that's where I trained. That's what I've got a degree in. I worked freelance in that industry for a while, and then um, you know after I let go of my business and I, I joined Quiet Connections, like entering this new kind of um, field, I suppose this new industry. Like for quite a while, I also really felt like an imposter. And what I've noticed is that it's it's not really always like what you are skilled or or trained in like your degrees or your previous experience that that always matters it's what you personally bring what like qualities and and gifts that you naturally have as a person are quite often like the most important parts to to be exploring so you know the reason why i you know fit in so well with with quiet connections um is because of just who I am as a person. You know, I'm, I'm very good at listening. I'm very good at holding space for people. Um, I'm very supportive. But I didn't always recognise those those qualities within myself either. So we can quite often trick ourselves into to feeling like, um, or like I, I suppose that that inner critic can take over, and we can tell ourselves like, I'm not good enough for that role I'm not the right person I need to be someone that I'm not or I should be doing something more um and the truth is is that our thoughts aren't always reality you know our our brains can only process like so much information every second and generally what happens then is that our brain creates these filters that um decides what it wants to to let in consciously so what ends up happening is that we distort generalize and delete certain bits of information so if we believe something to be true and whether that's about ourselves or about um how a situation is going to turn out then our brains are 
set to look for evidence that's mm-hmm. going to back those up. And until we start exploring what else could be true, you know, whether again, like if that's starting to recognize some of our um, qualities within ourselves and the things that we like about ourselves, the things that we're actually good at, then we can start to reset those filters to also start looking for, for the evidence that backs those up as well. So two things are coming up for me there, Stacey. Firstly, for me, I was in this position of like, I need to collect qualifications. I'm not ready yet to go out and coach people and support people. And I would just just like be looking for the next course and the next thing that I needed to do in order to be enough. And my coach said to me, how many qualifications are you going to need? When are you going to stop? And the truth was that I was just going to keep going and collect qualifications and I still was not going to feel good enough. But what I learned was that I just had to get started and just had to start putting myself out there and just taking small steps and stretching my comfort zone and getting used to being that person. And like Stacey, still at times I feel like, you know, I don't really have this. I'm not, you know, other people sometimes call us experts in the field or <laughs> we have messages about us being inspirational speakers and things. And we're like, oh, that's not us. That's like a big deal to live up to. And um, we just have to remember that you know, this is is other people's perspectives and the way that we see ourselves isn't necessarily real at all. And in fact, we tend to have very negative views of ourselves and we focus in on all the things that we don't really like about ourselves. Um, We focus in on the things that we have failed at or the things that we we don't feel good about within ourselves. And we have this very negative self-image of ourselves usually. And if we have that negative self-image, like Stacey says, we look for information that confirms what we already believe. If I believe that I can't speak in public, I'm going to be collecting lots of information about all the times that I can't speak in public, all the things that could possibly go wrong. And I'm totally going to overlook any moments where I have been able to do that. And it's going to be the same for you. If you believe something about yourself, you're going to be collecting that information. So we need to just gently shift that belief to what what else could be true what Mm. could be possible because I mean let's face it we all believed in Santa Claus at one time and it turns out that Santa Claus wasn't real so (laughs) sorry (laughs) so the things that you believe about yourself right now aren't necessarily how you really are and we tend to have lots and lots of blind spots about what we can do and how we come across and actually if we find that we've held ourselves back a lot in life and we haven't really given ourselves a chance to step up and try something then we don't know if we can do it anyway Mm. um you know have you have you ever like been at a dinner table with a kid and the kid's like I don't like carrots have you tried carrots no I just don't like them (laughs) Like how frustrating is that when you know they haven't actually given it a go Um, and we do this to ourselves as well where we just assume we can't do something Um, and it's really important to just allow ourselves to give ourselves permission to have a go and to make mistakes and change direction and just collect information um, that tells us what we enjoy and and what we can do. You you made a really good point there Hayley around um giving ourselves that that permission to to explore things because in in my case if I hadn't taken that that first step or given myself that chance to 
um, just see what what was a possibility with this idea that I had, then I really wouldn't be in this position that I'm in now. And I, I do strongly believe that because my path wouldn't have crossed with you. I wouldn't have met on the on the SSC program. Um, so taking that chance on myself and by the way like previously um like my go-to response when I feel quite anxious is to avoid altogether it's really to freeze I experience what um I think Brene Brown describes as life paralysis so that is that I don't even try if I don't feel like I can do it so that's been something that I've had to really work on over the last few years I think when I look back on me even applying for SSE, that was like a huge thing for me to do. And um, the only reason I felt able to do that was because someone else saw something in me that I hadn't quite seen myself or within that idea and really encouraged me to apply for it. I came into SSE with this idea for um, a knitwear brand that yeah, because of my my training and my degree, I felt like I had to do something in the realms of like fashion because that was what I knew. Um, but I also really, really wanted to help people and to to support people. So I set out to create something that was around um, creating self care knitting and, and crochet kits. But throughout the course of the program, I found myself being really drawn towards actually working more directly with people um having community groups community spaces and creating a place where people can actually practice um giving themselves permission to make mistakes to uh stretch their comfort zones and to really connect with other people so by the end of like um I suppose like the SSE course I think it was about six months after when I was kind of evaluating what I had done so far and realized I've got almost like two separate businesses here going on and they they're just not gelling together and whilst like there was this part of me that was like I'm gonna try and force them together because you know a part of me felt like I had to commit to what it was that I had originally set out to do um and when I did finally realise that I really just needed to listen to, to what my gut was telling me and what my heart was saying to, to be like, actually, let's just focus on this one area, which really was like the, the community aspect and, and the support aspect, that I realised that it was OK to let go of something else. And then obviously Hayley was already kind of doing the same thing and we had already worked and collaborated a little bit more together so we just decided to join forces um but really like I would say that what I learned throughout that process was that ideas are really just ideas you're allowed to change your mind <laughs> ideas are there to be explored because mm. if we don't give ourselves that that chance to even just see what could potentially happen with it we don't know like where that path might take us. And if there's one thing that I've found like the most worthwhile throughout the last couple of years is that through taking that step to initially explore that original idea, I have really gotten to know who I am. I have learned so much about myself. I've seen what I'm capable of. Um, and I've connected with people that I think I never would have really connected with before. And just that in itself, 
is really worthwhile. So sometimes it's okay to detach ourselves from the outcome, to detach ourselves from from that pressure of I need to, you know, stick at it even if something doesn't feel right anymore. To allow ourselves that permission to just trust trust ourselves and and to yeah see see what happens. <laughs> oh, Stacey, I think that's so true about the permission giving yourself permission to to try permission to change permission to explore without there being a a requirement for an end goal just literally seeing what feels right it is it's um it's incredibly liberating to be in a space where that's possible and and you're not asking someone else for permission to do that but you're just it's allowed you know it's already a given it's powerful stuff absolutely and um I know, like, for me personally, Sally, the thing that I found the most beneficial from being on the SSE programme was the people that I met and connecting with with those people and, you know, being in that space with others who, like, I think it's very helpful when, when you see other people also being like, okay, we're all just going to explore this together. We're all in this space of, like, I I don't know really what I'm doing. <laughs> and that's that's a really um yeah like you said it's like a powerful thing isn't it to to be in that space with others who were also on that journey with you I think that's one of the things that um we really enjoy and as someone who's who tries to hold a a session I suppose to so that people can do that it's that interconnection between everybody it's it's that that word of support that I'll hear from one person to another it's Oh, so heartening. And um, we had this recently on a session where uh, somebody was having a, a little technical issues, but also I could feel the tension building for that person that was already there. That, that, that level of anxiety was feeling just at the be starting with us, you know, this first half hour on, on a Zoom session. And one of the other people in the group, after I'd said, it's absolutely fine, you take your time over, he said, it's okay. We're all we're all right at the start of this, and we're all we're all in it together. I mean, he didn't know her. She she never met him before. But it was such. It builds on that idea of the brave, brave, safe space that we try to create. So we um, we ask people, you know, what is it you will need here right now to be able to be brave, to feel safe enough to speak if you want to. You don't have to if you don't want to but to start to talk, to expand on your your ideas. And it doesn't need to be one. It could be several ideas. It could be all sorts of things floating around. Because you, I know that I need to several things. I need um, for it to be sort of confidential within those people I'm talking to. And, and it needs to be kind, above all kind. Um, and just and for there to be time, space to, to do that thinking. So, yeah, it heartens me every time. Yeah. Oh, I love that about the, the time and the space. I was um, employed when I first started exploring this idea and my employer was like, no, nope, you just have to get out there, put your business out there, get started right now. Otherwise, someone else is going to come in. They're going to steal your idea. They're going to be doing it for you. There's not going to be enough space for you. And I was like, oh, <gasps> even you saying that, Hayley's like, <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, I, I'm really slow and reflective. And honestly, Quiet Connections has been a very, very, very long journey to before it even came to life. And um, 
and and now I really honor the fact that I have allowed it to be that way and I've I've really gone with my own quiet strengths and been more reflective and done the research and um I've not given into that pressure that I have to just get out there and I think if I was the type of person who was just able to throw themselves out there and put themselves in the limelight it wouldn't have worked that wasn't who the people who we support here in quiet connections need the people that we support need someone who's going to show up and they're going to be quieter and calmer and more sensitive and they're going to be maybe quietly confident but able to show their vulnerabilities and show up and let people know when we're feeling anxious um, which we quite often do and uh <laughs> We quite, you quite often see us starting a workshop going, I'm feeling really anxious about this right now, because that's really normal. If you're trying, trying something new, you're going to feel anxious. That's just part of the process. In the last two years, we've reached 15,000 people through doing presentations, through webinars, through attending um, panels as sort of experts on the panel and through coaching and our app and our workshops. And I think we we very quietly have a real impact on a lot of people's lives. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. Uh, I mean, it's been wonderful to see so many people coming from Quiet Connections onto some of the SSE programs, particularly the Springboard program, and and how they they would never have pressed that send button of the email. In fact, when we were doing some uh, research amongst people who'd been on the the program who'd come through you. And uh, the comments around you know, needing needing to to really put their big pants on to press to even connect in the first instance. One person said it was the bravest thing they'd done in the whole of that time was to literally say hello. Could I find out more about? Because that was starting that ball rolling. And um, I mean, she's done amazing things as you know since then. But that massive step. Um, and it had come from the inner critic. It had come from uh, a background of, of hearing people say to her, you know, you, you can't do that. You know, you're good at that. You won't do that. You won't be able to do that. And so she, the, fear, the fear of hearing that again, putting herself in a position where that could be heard again, um, terrifying. And, and um, she was able to, to press the button and, and have the quiet when she wanted it. So, she didn't have to speak if she didn't want to. And I think that gave her the chance. So by, by sort of the, the end of the course that she'd come on, I mean, she was really sharing some amazing thoughts and skills and, and, and uh, ability to just go, I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to do this. Because she has. <laughs> so, so, you know, it's, it, I mean, some people are a long burn. I was a very long burn with what I wanted to do. And some people just... They, they're validated. You can see people validating them in sessions going, oh, this is, what you have is amazing. You, you can, you know, this, what you're talking about is wonderful. I would love to come on a session. If you ran this, I would book onto it. And, and just hearing, just being able to say it out there and know whether anyone would want it. I think that's a very, uh, it's a lovely little safe space to test, test that. I think for so many of us that, inner critic and then one of the things that really holds us back is that we're fearing what other people are going to think of our idea or or of us and but usually we're 
we're thinking about the people who actually aren't the people that we're probably going to be working with or serving so mm-hmm. I know for me like it's fearing like what family members are going to think what certain friends are going to think when actually they're not my clients they're not mm-hmm. <laughs> and and also that they're also not running businesses or um you know taking those steps themselves to to do something that is you know that this is scary like you know taking that first step is probably the hardest thing to do and it's taking a chance on yourself and it's actually I would say a really like a real demonstration of of courage and and self-trust that actually you want to take that step and give yourself that like value yourself enough to take that to take that chance so quite often we're we're fearing the the comments and potential criticism from people who are not in that arena whereas we find when we step into it those people are actually usually like the most supportive we're all going through the same thing um and that actually we we all want to see each other succeed i I totally understand that that thing around family that you're saying there on a regular weekly basis uh, my father will tell me he doesn't understand what i do or why i do it he will mispronounce uh, forest school he will ask again why am I doing this how much money am I making out of this mm-hmm. so yes I, I fight this battle every week when, when we have our weekly conversation on the phone and um, he was always asking about my career or that you know why aren't I this why aren't I and I find it I find it hard to come up with the reasons for that beyond saying I love what I do now which I couldn't say that I did early on in my life I don't think there is such a thing as getting to the platform of success and being able to look down from it. I think we're always climbing the ladder. We can only look at one rung at a time, but that's fine, actually. As long as we feel the, the rung is there and, and you know we're holding on and it's all right, it's not giving way, sometimes that's enough. We, you yeah. know, we just have to uh, recognise within ourselves that you know, we're good enough. Right now, we're good enough for ourselves. And it's how we define success for ourselves. It does, you know, success does not have to mean fame and money and being in the limelight. Success is whatever it means to you. I had this conversation with a a lady who was thinking about setting up a business a number of weeks ago. And we were talking about whether she wants to set up her own business or whether she wants to go under the umbrella of someone else's work because she wants to work with the same kind of clients. And she was debating it and she was like, I, it feels like I really want to have this, the credit for it. I want to be recognized for it. But on balance, what I really want in my heart is to have time with my children. And I don't want to be focused on like, you know, doing all the background stuff and setting up the business. And I want to be just able to do this one little bit where I'm connecting with people and I don't want to do the, the background stuff. And so that's that's what she's decided to do. Mm-hmm. I, I, very often um, I hear people talking about ideas for, for uh, businesses or uh, which is actually what they need themselves so we, we all about a very wise person who came on the program said to me I'm only setting this up because I need it it would be lovely if other people came along but I, I, I just need what it is I want to offer other people and so I think there's a real moment to take, take that on board because build what you need it, it is the best way forward because you will always be in the heart of it Uh, so you know just recognizing that is important 
that was such a nice message and I, I completely agree I think when when we focus on like you know what's what is it that I want to see differently in this world what is it that I wish that I had then you know we're, we're bringing in that aspect of again like this sense of, of humanity because you can guarantee that your struggles are not just unique to you that there are other people in the world also who will benefit from what it is that you've experienced and what it is that you've learned and what it is that you've been through and by you showing up and, and sharing that and bringing like your own like unique solution to it which is really what it is it's just your own approach that that has worked for you there's going to be someone else who's going to be like oh thank you so much for for sharing that I needed to hear that I needed to experience that it's that being really connected to your heart and what's important to you and also having that connection with other people that you know it's important to have a mentor who's kind of been through it and you've got someone that you can look up to who's going to be honest about their experiences um and the anxieties and self-doubt that they feel as well even though you think of them as very successful and maybe very confident and it's also really important to have those people who are going through the same thing with you at the same time um and the one thing that kind of gets me through it is having Stacey and whenever I'm having a meltdown I'm like Stacey this is going on and, <laughs> and likewise <laughs> yeah <laughs> It's so true about having the people around you. And when you find a person that, that you just don't have to explain everything to, that seems to, I mean, it's a bit of magic, isn't it, really, when that's that's there. I mean, it is one of the, it's one of the bits of the Springboard program that I think is um, is the, one of the, scare, once you've got past the pressing the button bit, the email bit, and you've, you, you know, um, the next stage is getting getting the four hours worth of mentoring, the one-time mentoring. And, and it can be a little bit, uh, like really exciting because you get to speak to somebody who's running a social enterprise who, who can tell you about how you know how it's done as it if that is a, a thing I don't know but even if that is a thing but um but also it's terrifying because you know they it can be you can worry that it could be a parent child relationship and of course it isn't it's everyone's coming at it from the, from the same level um they're exactly like you. We're all the same. So they might have this grand title of being the founder of something or other. But at the end of the day, every day they get up and they have to put their big pants on to do what it is they do. One of the best things is to hear the mistakes people make and what they would have chosen to do differently. So it's that bit of learning every time I knew them. For me, it would have been saying no to some things. Saying no. <laughs> No, actually, thank you very much for the offer, but no, I don't. I don't. I'm not in the right position to do that right now. Um, but, but thank you very much. That's I've still not mastered that. <laughs> that is a big thing, and I know that someone to practice. <laughs> saying no is liberating. It gives you time to think. It doesn't mean that you've said no forever. It means you can come back at it. You can even say, "Can I think about that?" Um, so I'm reflecting on a on a Facebook post that was put up recently by a friend who who we know and. And I've never seen it written down by somebody else. So I, I mean, obviously, I know there are people out there who probably want to say no to things, but very, very clearly giving ways of allowing the chance to just step away. Because <laughs> that's another thing, isn't it? Another important thing is don't say yes to everything. Yes, absolutely. We really need to be saying no to some things so that we can create space for the things that we really do want in our lives. Now... 
Sally, we all know how nerve-wracking it can be when we are starting a new course or even just reaching out for information about getting support. So I wonder if you could tell us a little bit more about the ethos around the courses that you run at SSE. I know it can be um, scary to to just say, hi, can you tell me more about it? But that's all you need to do. And um, and what, what I'll do then is uh, either arrange to phone you or text you or um, we can talk on Zoom if you like, or I can just do it by email. And I can just give you the dates and some of the content and, and you can have a little look at some of the documents that we work through. Um, but we go, we go at the pace of the people in the sessions. Uh, it's very gentle and calm, I would say. Um, it's interesting, actually, when we did some user research, the people that had been on it, there was a lady there who runs a community centre. And I, when I first met her, I said, gosh, you know, you've been running this for like 10 years. What, what, what is it you think you'd like to get? Because I'm worried that we're not going to give you what it is you need. You know, we're, we're not going to give you the... Um, oh, I don't know, quality uh, level of information. And she said, oh, I just I just feel downhearted the whole time. I, I'm, I've always, you know, I remember my teacher telling me when I was seven, I give up all the time. I was thinking, hang on, you're 65. Can you really remember that, that comment? And she said, oh, yes, she said, last week, you know, I had a meeting with my trustees and they just told me that my, my idea was rubbish. And she said, I just feel, I felt right back there, right back being seven again. And so I realised at that moment that actually what she needed was the space to ex- explore and be held, I suppose, for that, that moment. So, yeah, that's, that's how we work. And, um, and it's, there's no requirement at the end of, of the sport we give you to, to do anything. You don't have to go off and madly set up an amazing business. You, know, you can literally just say, well, that was really, that was really lovely. Thank you. That was really exciting. And, and I'll just, I'll, you know, I'll go, I'll potter away and do something else. And I might come back. Because that's the other thing you can do, is you can always come back. You can come back with a different idea. You can um, come back for a chat. You don't have to sign up to anything. You can just have a chat with us. I personally get so much um, energy, I suppose, from meeting people with wonderful and and small ideas and wonderful and big ideas and different ideas. And just the way people's creative minds work I love it oh that's really beautiful Sally and I think that as human beings we're all naturally really creative and really curious and we're full of ideas and then these you know these little self-doubts and little feelings of anxiety come along and we just we forget to look beyond that like look at the other resources that we've got within us that could help us to move through that anxiety and those self-doubting feelings we can be brave and afraid at the same time you know as well as any sense of anxiety that you might be feeling you also have this massive sense of courage within you and it might just be that we need to develop some ways to help us manage those anxious feelings, to step into our own quiet confidence a little more easily. And you'll see Stacey and I managing our own emotional state using breathing techniques and power posing and other state management tools um, before any any big event or before, you know, before podcasting even. 
And this is really how Quiet Connections can help you. We can help you with topping up your toolkit with techniques that work for you. We can work one-to-one with you or in groups, give you safe spaces to practice gently stretching your comfort zone, teach you how to pace yourself. And we actually offer a lot of this advice in our free resources on our website. So you can go to quietconnections.co.uk forward slash free gifts. And for those of you who want to find out more about the School for Social Entrepreneurs and the free support that you can get to explore your idea or start your business with them, just go to www.the-sse.org. And if you're looking for Cornwall in particular, just add four slash Cornwall onto the end of that. Thank you so much for listening to the Quiet Connections podcast today and a massive thank you to Sally Jones for joining us and sharing your own experiences. You've really spoken to us from the heart and that's been so, so lovely to hear. Thanks for listening. You can find the show notes from this episode at quietconnections.co.uk. If you found this episode helpful, then please tell a friend about it or share on social media. With gratitude for the support of the National Lottery Community Fund.